What's up, everybody, and welcome to, I kid you not here, the season premiere of the seventh season of You'll Never Talk Alone. Can you believe we have been honestly putting effort into this for seven seasons now? <laughs> uh, I really can't. Like, the time flew. Uh, looking back at where we started and where we're at now, just like in general, uh, and just in the terms of the team, it's very weird. Yep. It's very weird. We have seen some of the strangest situations in Liverpool history. I mean, in the span of time that we've been here uh, doing this podcast, we've seen some bizarre characters come along, not the least of which being Brendan Rodgers and his teeth, um, and all the way up to Roberto Firmino and his teeth. So, like, and we've seen just a myriad of teeth throughout uh the you know come through the ranks of liverpool over the past several years since we have been doing this here podcast um but in the meantime we've also gotten to celebrate champions league victory premier league victory i mean we've seen some incredible good times too so it's it's wild how much of a difference 7 years can even make like can you gosh what what were you even doing 7 years ago uh, there wasn't a pandemic going on, so that was yeah. kind of different. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that was like. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I, like I wasn't married yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much that was uh, then. It's anyway. It dwelling on the past. We got a season to preview. <laughs> oh. So I'm your friend Joseph, joined by Alex Love. Um, Alex has pointed out that this season feels like having a brand new signing. It just feels like a new signing, man. Announce new season. One season is right corner starting up this weekend. Um, Alex, I created my uh, fantasy Premier League team today. Aren't you proud of me? I am proud of you. I'm very curious to see if you'll make it to the like three-fourths of the way through the season uh, interest level because you kind of begin progressively staying interested and you're almost to the full season. Yeah, I did one full season where I remember to check it uh, about three years ago and it has all gone downhill since then. But I had that one year and I really feel like that was my year. No, if I'm honest with you, that was it. I think it's all downhill from here. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but hey, you know what? If you're listening to this and you want to join in with that uh, that league that we several years, and you need that that uh, referral code, that code to get in there. Check our Twitter account, YNTA Podcast. We'll post it there for you to jump in. Should you want that? All right, we're recording on a fresh Wednesday evening when we typically record episodes. Here, the uh, just two days ahead of the, the brand new start of the season, because we do have a, a Friday match, um, which I have already forgotten who's involved in that match. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it Brentford and Arsenal. Man, there is a reason I forgot that yeah. match. Um, of course, I'm very, very focused on our match, Liverpool's upcoming match against our uh, <laughs> against Luis Suarez's favorite punching bag, Norwich. Um, and, well, it's an interesting season to do a preview episode four because we're talking about 
I mean, a very interesting season because of the almost entire lack of movement. Um, the main theme. Basically, not a single to even discuss on a preview episode. Our biggest signing, of course, a great signing, one that we're very proud that we, that you know, glad that we pulled off, was pulled off so long ago, I honestly forgot he's going to be a new signing this year um, in Ibrahima Konate. So, other than, you know, moving along a few guys that I think you accurately predicted um, and expected uh, Taiwo Awani and uh, Marco Grich to get moved along this summer, um, and with apparently the, the, the news seemingly breaking as of this recording, that Jared and Shakiri is agreeing to terms to move on to Lyon. Uh, by the time this episode is published, maybe that will be confirmed for Scherzies. Maybe it won't, but that seems to be the, the headlines that, that we're seeing on the internet right now. So besides some players leaving, nothing really coming in. Uh, I, first question, the bats, so you concerned by that? And what's your, if you are? Uh, I'm a little concerned just because it's hard not to look uh, elsewhere and see what other teams are doing. I mean, I know it's hard to compare kind of uh, like financial wise and just how we typically do things wise, yep. but it, it's a, uh, it sucks to not really have that many signings. Uh, we have one, but we know we've had some areas that we need to strengthen uh, we know we have some players that we needed to offload, and we've offloaded some of them, but not all of them. Uh, it's it's kind of understandable that we haven't offloaded all of them just because not many people probably want them because we also <laughs> don't really want them. So it'll be interesting to see if we make any headway on that. Uh, even after the first match, now that they re-extended the, the transfer window, like intelligent people, <laughs> back to the end of the month, not right mm-hmm. before the first match. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I know, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, there are some people coming back into the squad that maybe could fill that depth. But again, I think we've talked about it several times just in terms of like squad trust. Like, sure, you could be playing in preseason and looking okay. But when push comes to shove, we've seen kind of who we turn to and who we don't right. turn to. Right. Yeah, we we definitely, you know, Jurgen Klopp is not necessarily a fan of rotation um, a lot of times. He likes to have his guys that he really sticks with and his particular squads that he really sticks with. So, like, outside of injury, it's kind of like you have a, an A team and a B team a lot of times, and he builds them in particular ways. So, it, it, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense in some areas. It's always – it's a little bit concerning to me primarily because if there was ever a year for us to truly understand the need for depth – it would have been last year, right? Yeah. To have an entire title defense disrupted because of about three injuries, you surely you would notice that and go, ah, maybe we should have more cover for all of those spots. Ah, maybe we should have um, a little bit more firepower up front to help out whenever the uh, you know the up front is stagnating and the guy we just brought in is now hurt. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe. Some of that should be going on, but instead, um, that's that's not the case. And so there's, you know, I find that concerning, but I don't find it necessarily as concerning as it probably would be if we didn't know what this team itself is capable of doing, you know. Um, and we know what they're capable of doing. We know the talent that is on this team, 
This talent is, you know, the the key players are one year older. And we know that forwards in particular tend to wear down a lot faster um, once they start really hitting their, their 30s and everything other than other positions do. So, Alex, this team, where they are right now, what do you think that this team, I guess, I don't, we'll just jump right into like, what are your expectations? What do you think this team can actually pull off? Uh, like your expectation level, meet those expectations um, for this upcoming season. Yeah. And uh, one more thing to add to your point, like not only are they a year older, but they they've just been through a season and a half of the most grueling, intense play right. that they'll ever go through really. Yeah. Like the, the schedule was so irregular. So many matches were condensed into such little time. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it already taken its toll, but even for the players that weren't hurt all the time, that's a lot of stress on the legs, on the body. Um, luckily, a lot of our players did not travel or were not really involved in the summer for all that long. Um, like the Tiago and the Brazilian boys, probably the the longest involved. But right. luck, we got a full preseason from a lot of players, and I think that definitely helped. Uh, that said, I mean, again, I brought it up like – you, you see what other teams are doing and you see some of the strength they've added. And granted, it'll be nice to ideally play with more players. Like we've seen people like Samikas and Navi be fit in preseason. And like, it'll hurt even more when Navi inevitably pulls up five minutes into the Norwich match with right. a pulled hamstring that'll leave him yeah. out for eight years. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, I think we can still challenge for top four. We've got a good enough squad. We have a good enough unit. It looks like we're trying to grow the play, trying to maybe take a different approach, trying to bet in players that offer something different. You've seen yeah. a lot of uh, a pretty direct play from some of the people that have played in the midfield three uh, in preseason. And granted, it's preseason, but it's a new approach. It's not something we're necessarily used to. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're feeling... Uh, looking internally to fill the, the hole left by Jeannie Van Aldem, who made the inspired decision to pass up Barcelona and go to PSG. Yeah, apparently <laughs> apparently he knew something that the rest of us didn't know at the time. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, we've got a back line, and I'm sure we'll talk about Andy pulling up injured. Uh, yep. But I mean, we've got – we still got really good players. We can still make it work on our day. We're still fantastic, but Absolutely. just looking at that depth, looking at the – when it – when it's not the first 11, when it's not the first 12 or 13, what right. happens then? Because, I right. mean, the, the year we won the title, that was pretty rare, honestly, for injuries. It kind of overcorrected last season, and now we'll yeah. probably hit that happy medium. But happy medium for us is still like we're missing key players for several weeks. Right. right. It's uh, Nothing will ever quite go exactly the way that it should in our happy medium. Um, yeah, it, it makes you start to wonder a little bit, um, or a lot of it, I guess, you know, if the players that we are, that we have internally are the guys to, to really step up. Like you have to expect that this season we see Harvey Elliott quite a bit, you know, you have to expect that this season we expect Nabby, you already mentioned his name, to be a, a, a key player in a way that he has never been able to to really accomplish um, for various reasons between injury but you know also his struggling to find consistency which also goes with 
injury. You know, like it's, it's like the perfect storm of like, you know, what what it should be, what we know it could be and, and all of that. But then you also, you know, we'll see a full season, hopefully, um, of Diego Jota coming in, of Tiago uh, contributing. And so, it, you know, this could be very quickly a team that is what we were trying to build and expecting to have last season. Um, I think we all pretty much, you know, kind of agree that last season for the most part was kind of a wash um, in a lot of ways and just like, okay, we are not exactly what we were aiming for. We are not exactly what we were trying to build. We do not have those... um, I use the term, you know, adding a new wrinkle to the scheme quite a few times when talking about the frustrations last year and how uh, we just lacked the personnel to add a new wrinkle due to injury because the new guys we added were instantly hurt. <laughs> um, and I think what you're talking about in the preseason stuff is a is an added aspect of that as well, is that we have the, the personnel now that we expected to have. So, yeah, let's add in a little bit more. Let's add in a little bit more, uh, like you said, direct play from the midfield, things like that. So um, I do expect this team to play differently um, just because it's going to, um, you know, we didn't make – any signings this summer, it's probably because like to we make the joke about it's like a new signing. It's because like we didn't ever really get to use our signings last year either. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, there's a lot that I think um, we can expect to see it differently, which is the hopeful, the optimistic side of all this. The question remains, though. Um, you said you know uh, you mentioned top four right then. Uh, what should be the expectation for what it, a successful season, you know, we still have to deal with the, the squads, especially the squads like in Manchester that are dropping cash left and right. We still have to deal with those teams um, that are spending money left and right. We still have to deal with the um, flashy young newcomer type teams um, that are hanging around and trying to continue you know, uh, serve, but also trying to continue shocking some of the more established teams because last year was, was a pretty good year for that, actually, you know, of like a, a Leeds and a Villa just kind of doing stuff every so often that they had no right doing. Um, so we do have some of that to contend with. So like what actually would be successful? Are we at the point as a team in which just like saying finishing top four is not the criteria for a successful season, quote unquote, you know, anymore. Where, where are we at, you think? Uh, I think it's definitely kind of table stakes at this point. Uh, we are certainly one of the best four teams in the league, mm-hmm. so we should be finishing top four. Uh, if, all, if things go our way, we definitely have the talent to challenge for the title. It just well, it comes down to what happens when things don't go our way. When yeah. Some things out of our control because, happen. Because some things won't go our way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we haven't even really touched on like the officials and sure they're mm-hmm. changing how they're using mm-hmm. things, but they do suck at this. So yeah, that could also happen. But yeah, I, I mean, I think we should still be challenging. We should expect top four. Uh, if we don't get top four, that would be a big disappointment. But yeah. getting in, making sure that we kind of keep this level of consistency 
Uh, I mean, we showed last season that even when everything goes wrong, we can still pull that off. Uh, So I expect that. Uh, I would like to see us make a deeper run in the Champions League this season. Uh, I know that was kind of curtailed a lot because we had to start at Real Madrid with, like, uh, it was Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, I believe. That was our starting center backs uh, against... uh, Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. No, no, it was Kabak. Yeah, it was Kabak (laughs) and Phillips. Oh, okay. Like, that is not what you expect to go through. So I expect to see us give a, a better go at that, go a little bit deeper. At least the semis is what I would hope for. I mean, it would be great to get back to the final. But again, there's some strong teams around Europe. There's also some like wounded giants at this point, like the, yeah. the big Spanish clubs, uh, maybe apart from Atletico are in catastrophe. I don't even know if Barcelona will be able to play, to be honest. I don't know if that will be allowed for them to even be in the competition. I know. Uh, so I, I and, Quite honestly, I would just like to see us if we can't do that. If we keep people fit, let's let's go for a cup. I'd like to keep the the habit of winning silverware going. I mean, I know we want to prioritize the league and the Champions League, but sure. if we can get through something, it'd be nice to have a piece of silverware just to keep people kind of focused on us, show us that we're continuing on, make us a maybe. I'm, I'm sure we're a plenty of attractive prospect, but maybe the money we have on offer isn't exactly what elsewhere other clubs can offer. But even then, like you're winning stuff, the team's successful, even when we don't even try for most of it. So I just like to establish that like we're a winning machine again. That's something that we kind of lost last year, uh, partially because of injury, partially because of other things, but let's get back to that. That's what I would like. And that's, I think for me, where that question comes in of what is the definition of success at this point um, in our club? What is, definition of genuinely good uh, season and not just, you know, like the bare minimum anymore. Because at this point, it almost feels like we have to say we are at, we are at the point. Because there, there's a point where like expectations obviously can be a, a, a huge detriment to you. You know, it is easy as pure fans to to say, Oh, we should absolutely be title contenders, no question. You know, every year, um, it's easy to fall into unrealistic expectations. So, I, but I don't think it's unrealistic at all to look at the last several years, to look at the team that we've been trying to build, look at the fact that we secured a top four finish after a completely, di- like a complete disaster of a season. Like last season was a disaster. No. And still in the top four, you have to look at it and say, yeah, there's still a lot of of promise. There's still a lot um, to be achieved with this current lineup. And because of that, we have to go into it with this, um, I think, a healthy expectation of we want to hold this team to a standard of top four is the bare minimum what we should do. Top four in the league. We should be contending in the big leagues. And we should be, um, you know, securing some sort of a trophy somewhere. You know, we should be fighting to say, okay, because people are going to overlook us, you know? People are, are, are overlooking us after last season. So we have to say, okay, well, you still can't do that. It's easy to fall in love flashy and empty moves made by the Manchester teams or something. But, I mean, we... This is a lineup that won the Premier League faster than any other team had ever won the Premier League 
two seasons ago, and it's it's still like adding some pieces that you haven't even had enough time to account for yet. So like there is actual still excitement to be had <laughs> after what was a season that I, I think we'd all like to forget. And so, yeah, that's exciting. That's that's oddly enough, it is easy to get excited. And maybe it's the first time I'm really realizing it for myself. And that's why it feels so exciting. You know, after a, a summer of watching Euros, a summer of watching uh, the U.S. in the Gold Cup, a summer of watching um, the U.S. women I guess wave at the Olympics. Um, not 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 their best not their best performance, but uh, watching the Olympics in general, though you know, after a summer that was actually loaded down with sports during what is normally a pretty quiet time, this season's kind of sneaking up on me, and it's it's excited about it now. You know, it really is. So I guess in that vein as well, what is something that you are excited about with this uh, upcoming season? Um, is it? You know, it could be finally seeing our, our injured players healthy again. Um, excited about just seeing Virgil van Dyke in general. Um, excited to see the fact that we actually had uh, Costas Amik as a left back in general. So we actually, like, Andy gets hurt, which sucks. We say, at least we actually had a backup left back, and it's not going to have to do it again. You know, all, you know like... What, what, what's something that you're actually like just excited about with this upcoming year? Yeah. Uh, honorable mention is definitely the fact that we have center backs like that one. Yeah. It actually is like a new signing. It's like three new signings. We're getting back yeah. three players that are top tier uh, and good and adding in a fourth to that. Um, yep. And I mean, fair play to Nat Phillips for everything he did for us. Uh, oh, I and, thought he was one of the top, three, oh, no. like the top tier players you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of looking like he might move away. And mm-hmm. I, I know we talked about it on the, the keep sell episode. You can't really blame him for riding that wave that he's had and wanting to go play elsewhere. So yeah. I, I definitely get it. Uh, so that's a good, but yeah, I, I think I'm most excited to see some of these players that we have been counting on and not been able to count on. And can we see if we can count on them essentially? Like we're, we're looking at players. Uh, I know we've talked about them a lot. Nabby we've talked yeah. about, Ox a little bit. I know it's been kind of something yep. that we that we've looked since he's come back from injury and be like, what is he? Is he still part of this? Because he was amazing <laughs> when he came here and then yep. tore his ACL and then it was just has hasn't been the same player. But I mean, since he's gotten a full preseason, he's looking strong, fit, yep. like he fits in. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you brought him up, Samikas. Like he, he's been fantastic in preseason. Yeah, everyone was kind of like, why did we sign this guy? Um, but he's kind of proven that he is, is fits the scouting model. There's a reason that we yeah. passed on Jamal Lewis to go to him, uh, and and I mean he he fit right in. And his game against Osasuna kind of gave me a lot of confidence that if he's going to play for Andy for at least the first few weeks of the season, I'm yeah. totally fine with that. Like he seems yeah. to get it tactically now, and he's in shape. Plus, you look at someone like Harvey Elliott, who had an amazing season in the championship. Was like top tier chance creator assists, goal, like goal involvements, all that kind of stuff. He comes back. It looked like it took the team a little while to get used to someone who plays like he does. Yes. Uh, and it looked like it took him a little while to get used to playing in a midfield three rather than on the wing or as like a, a number 10. But yeah. once it clicked, it kind of clicked later in the Bill Bow match. But 
he looked fantastic. I mean, that goal that he almost scored was better than most <laughs> goals. Uh, like he completely <laughs> shook that defender out of his boots. So I'm excited to see him slot in. I think he'll get a lot of trust. He'll get like the Curtis Jones level of trust this season. Uh, cool. It was a shame to see Curtis Jones pick up a concussion in that match because it'd be nice to see him. Uh, and then another one like uh, Minamino. I know we've been like, yeah. excited about him. He he didn't really do it. Didn't really seem to fit in. Joined at probably the worst time anyone could have ever joined a team in the history right. of ever. Uh, did pretty well at first down loan at Southampton, but didn't really settle. But they were going through some stuff. But he yep. seems to have kind of fit in to what the club is trying to do, fit in with the team a little bit more, fit in with the role that he needs to fill. And he's looking a lot more influential and just confident in himself. And I'm excited to see him potentially get some minutes, work into the the squad and be an option for us. And as long as we can keep those guys fit, uh, I think a lot of them could potentially push for more starts, uh, at least featuring in matches more than kind of like the, 90th minute let's send on Shaq and Origi to like get their appearance bonus is basically yeah. what we did basically. so yeah that that would be nice to have off the bench or from the start if needed yeah no uh, it's it's also exciting to me um the the stuff you're talking about is is exciting because it's it's kind of what like we never really got in a rhythm of seeing at all last season because we just never had that that luxury um, but it's exciting to, as you mentioned, actually have a, a midfield rotation in general, like that we can count on. Um, it's depth that we can't actually feel like we can count on. Like, okay, like you mentioned, uh, like Curtis Jones, for example, that, you know, came out as this, you know, youngster last season and had some moments in which he looked like he kind of disappeared because he was a youngster still figuring out, then had moments in which he was just a worldy, you know, of a player which was great. Um, we get to see like a full season of having the trust to get out there and play like, you know, a part of the squad and not just a prospect, which is pretty cool. Um, we get to have a full season, as you mentioned, of, um, you know, uh, of, of having hockey back um, as uh, he got stuck in that weird situation. He needed, he clearly was uncomfortable in the Premier League, getting used to it, and needed to actually go somewhere where he was going to get consistent playtime. And so, like, you know, whether or not that was great performances or not, he got that consistent playtime. Got to be feeling a lot more comfortable. Yeah, we actually have situations, you know, Klopp doesn't always like to rotate a huge amount um, as a player, but we might actually see him rotate more simply because the guys he brought in to be his rotation guys are all here now (laughs) are all actually here. Um, And I think that'll be really fun. But I think the thing that gets me most excited is the prospect of Harvey Elliott in particular, because we get to see like that small glimpse, glimpse and glimmer of um, Diogo Jota last season and what he could do that completely changed the way we played completely changed. And just that he, he was a spark plug when we, when we got a little bit stagnant because that like our main three are at their best when they have a defense and a midfield that they can count on behind, behind them. And the moment that they become the only reliable part, 
um, the flow was just entirely off. And you saw it, you know, all of last season, you know, just having shots on goal or just never even really attempt shots at all, <laughs> you know, looking for, far too much for one particular golden moment instead of trying to create something. And Diogo Jota was such a good spark plug who would come in and look to create um, something different and throw a defense off and everyone benefited. And I feel like Harvey Elliott could be that player for a season of, hey, we know he's he's young and he's got to get used to the Premier League itself, but he brings something different. He brings something new. And we can put him in and defenses are like, okay, we thought we knew how to contain Liverpool, but now all of a sudden they're throwing Jota and they're throwing Elliot at us or they're throwing a healthy ox who isn't afraid of blasting a long range shot or trying to be, you know, they're throwing wrinkles at us that we're not as familiar with. That's exciting to see. Um, that's, and that's what gets me pretty amped about it is just kind of seeing what can we do um, because we had gotten to be such a good team that like people couldn't figure out how to stop. The moment we were hurt, people figured us out, you know, and it's just, that's just part of it. Like uh, we were not a hundred percent. So like people knew what to do and we couldn't throw them off their game. We can this year. Yeah. We have the personnel once again to th- try to throw a defense off and not just like beat them through a system, but beat them because uh, we just, we, we can, we can, we can rattle them. Um, and that's, ex- that's the exciting part to me is seeing what new, new type of wrinkle we implement, you know, um, that's what I'm looking for at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we'll be, it's something that we've talked about, the clubs talked about, like we're trying to evolve. We're trying to grow the style. Yeah. We can't do the same thing over and over again, even if we have a lot of the same players, um, so I, it's exciting to see, we've seen glimpses of it. It'll be an interesting first test to try that out on. Uh, and it's, yep. it'll be interesting to see how we cope without Genie. I mean, I know that yeah. he divided fan bases. There were times I know we were raving about him. We were frustrated with him, but it can't be denied his impact on the team. So I, I know yeah. we've got some exciting options, but it's still like he's been a mainstay and it's going to take a while to get used to playing without him. And I'll say this also when it comes to Genie is that like, you know, there were times in which we're like, man, we 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 don't you know, we miss having Dutch Genie out there. We wish we had Dutch Genie. But there were very few times in which, if any, that come to lately in which we were like, man, Genie sure was today. You know, like he he just very rarely the type of player that you could pin much on, even when he was not like even when he was kind of forgettable at times, he was rarely ever bad. Yeah. That is a difficult thing to replace of a player that like at their worst is, is still pretty reliable. <laughs> um, and that's, that's what, uh, I mean, to be quite honest, that kind of is what were some of the early complaints about like Jordan Henderson when he first started dealing with his, uh, you know, the plantar fasciitis a few years ago. And he was clearly not quite the same player. Like we were always like, man, I mean, there's, just not sure, you know, about this guy. Not sure about, it. but then he quickly became that level of mainstay, like consistent player. Of like, he he's never really going to be the reason you lose a match, and that goes a pretty long way. But anyway, that was just something about Genie a little bit because I am going to miss him. I'll let you get back to what you were saying. I apologize for interrupting, but I just think that was an important, that, an important piece that doesn't get heralded in players very often. 
Absolutely. No, that was really just the point I was getting at is that, I mean, he's just been so consistent and such a mainstay that even change, whether some people wanted it, whether some people didn't, it's just going to take a while to get used to in a fully competitive environment like that. For sure. For sure. Who do you see lining up as our like match day one midfield three? Because like it's, well, I guess the, the other question mark would also be who do you who do you think lines up as our our center backs, the center back pairing? But uh, um, yeah, answer both of those. Who do you think is is our you know match day one midfield uh, lineup and our our center back pairing? Who do you expect? Uh, well, if we'd just been a day sooner with the Shakiri agreeing terms, it could have been messy in midfield for us. But we just missed it by a couple oh. hours. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it's still a little too early for both Virgil and Joe. Uh, okay. I mean, they've been out a long time and they haven't really had that many preseason minutes, relatively right. speaking. So I think it will be a little bit before we ease them in. Uh, that said, I'm not opposed to a Matip Konate center back pairing. That seems yeah, why not? incredibly strong. They've done well in preseason. Konate's settling in. He looked super confident on the ball. Uh, at his match at Anfield. So I'm expecting those two uh, to be the center back pairing. Well, I obviously have Trent right. Uh, I think it will be Samikas left. I don't see how you could put Milner there at this point in Milner's career at this point in him not playing there for a while and just how Samikas has been playing. Uh, yeah. he, he, he's earned the right to do that uh, because I actually think Milner will be in midfield. I think it'll be yeah. Fabinho, yeah. Nabby, and Milner. I would okay. like it to be... Fabinho, Nabby, and Harvey Elliott. I just yeah. think it's a little too early for Harvey to start. Uh, but I, I would love to see that kind of attacking approach against a team like Norwich, who have made some interesting signings, some kind of cool ones, but have not done anything with their defense. And the defense <laughs> was the huge main reason why they did not stay up last time. So yeah. that's what I would like to see uh, would be something going for a little bit more like that. But yeah, I'm expecting Nabby, Milner, Fabinho in midfield. Interesting. Interesting. I'll be curious to see that as well. Um, if, if that is the case. Yeah. I don't think I, I was able to really necessarily watch a, enough preseason to feel like I can actually like predict um, who would be in there. Um, but I do think it'll be very interesting to, uh, to see what, what type of, Nabby Kieta we get this season and if we finally have a, a Nabby who can play consistently um, and, and be a, a bit of a midfield dynamo um, which is what we brought him in for because um, you know you and I we both love him um, probably more than the average Liverpool fan who is like you know tends to be hypercritical of him and I do understand those criticisms because he you know um he is one of those guys who right now, like at his worst has been noticeably bad, you know, like, um, I mean, he got <laughs> subbed in the first half against Real Madrid. Right. You know, so it's like that whole situation. It's like the, exactly what we were just praising Genie for was the, you know, the stuff that, that Nabby hadn't quite figured out yet. I'd be very curious to see if he can step into that, um, consistent role now. Um, and it, cause we know what he is, We've seen him at his best and seen that he's, I mean, at times he does stuff that, that Genie could never dream of doing, quite honestly. Um, he just has a different touch to him. So that'll be interesting to see. And of course, it's, it's amazing. We, we got this far in the 
episode and hadn't even mentioned having fame back. Yeah. <laughs> like we got, we've been so used to, you know, in an empty Anfield and stuff, we're going to have the home energy uh, back again. That was so obviously severely lacking um, last year uh, and, and caused so many was, I think at least, I think you can safely say it was a cause for so many home issues that, you know, we, we do love that, that energy there. Um, so that'll be a minute. I guess I'll ask you quick. When you see um, some of the, the big names and some of the, uh, you see some of the big name teams continue in what has been their method of success for years of spending a huge amount of money on the big, you know, up hotshot player, um, you know, and really splashing that cash and then just figuring out the ramifications later on, basically aiming for talent first, more so than like fit um, and seeing what, how we always tend to aim for fit first and then go to talent there. Um, when you see that happening, do you, do you see us, continue to tend with um, those those teams, you know, the the unique way that we really build our success. I know we've we've said obviously that our expectations are high this year and are helpfully high and just expecting that we should be establishing as just, you know, serial winners um, as a club. But like you look at that those teams spending so much and all that, do you think that even still necessarily is working in this modern game? It, I know it I is. switched. I switched the question up a, a decent amount there. There at the very end, it was not my intention at first, but as I was like pondering it and saying it, I I realized I was like, wait, no, I don't. D- does that? Do we even still consider that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it still is to an extent. Uh, I mean, you look at the way Chelsea won the Champions League, and right. sure, a lot of it was down to uh, Tuchel coming in, which again is a little bit of in the same ilk of them just yeah. throwing money at the problem. Uh, but it did like he turned them around and that was uh, in large part due to the money that they'd splashed on the various players. And they just did that again with Lukaku. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, you look at teams that we're competing with for that top four spot and you look at someone like Chelsea and you look at someone like Man City and they have thrown money at it. But the managers that they have are good enough to make it work right. and to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. Like Grealish at City does scare me quite a bit. Yeah. I don't like that signing for a multitude of reasons. Uh, the, the one that kind of still makes me feel okay is uh, <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. Like, right, yeah. They, they have spent a bunch of money, but it, eventually it's not going to work for them anymore. Like they, They've kind of succeeded in spite of themselves spending all that money. Agreed. Um, and, it, and it's just – I don't think it's going to hold up. But it, it, to answer your your last question, I don't yeah. think it necessarily solves the problem most of the time, but I, I think a, a lot of teams are trying to be a little bit more careful with how they invest, uh, and I think we're taking that to the logical extreme of being so careful that we don't invest in anyone except for players that we already have on our team. Yeah, so I, yeah basically. I, I'm, I think we'll still try to look for a, a solution in the market. I, I think we're, we're kind of playing all okay. the, the games of – well, we don't want anybody, but right. we wouldn't the say fact, no to somebody. The fact that like uh, a, a quote was was put out, you know, from Klopp 
said, we don't want any more players definitely makes me think that we already have a deal worked out. Um, with somebody and we're going to announce them later because we just we don't say anything definitive in the transfer market unless the opposite is about to happen yeah exactly um and and i know we've touched on it but i think it's necessary i I think we will need someone like that even if it takes them a second to bet in we still need as much quality we still need to refresh the group we still have a lot of competitions that we're playing in and we still have some spots that can be problematic at times so I'm hoping we're still doing that, um, yeah. but it wouldn't just be us throwing money at the problem. I mean, we, we're we're at the stage of the transfer window where we've been staring at the two brands of paper towels for about 20 minutes now, or just we seem to be about to make a choice, and the store is closing in 20 minutes, so we've right. got to make a choice at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's getting, it's charming every time. <laughs> you know, let's not let's not fool ourselves here. Let's not act like we're we're someone that we're not. It's charming every time. Um, all right, let's let's talk specifics then, real quick, uh, at, about the the season, but then of course about this this first match. All right, are you feeling bold enough to make any sort of season prediction at all? I know we've talked about expectations and everything, but this is a little bit different. Are you feeling bold enough to even say that you would predict us to finish? top four and, you know, have been in the championship, uh, in the, in the title running until like the, the very end or something like that. Would you even be be bold enough to do that? Bold and stupid enough. (laughs) I I think we'll get top four. I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, we're, uh, like I mentioned, we're definitely amongst the top four best teams in the league. There's some teams that are trying to fix things, but there is going to take time and they're not going to be good enough. Uh, There have, the same problem we have, but worse. So I, I think it'll be us in the top four for sure. I don't know how long a title charge will last. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be kind of one of those things where the the individual quality that other teams have spent on will tell out in key matches. Like there's some things that you just pay a bunch of money and then a really good player will end up doing really good stuff for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's funny how that works out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how the players that are good tend to do good things. And I mean, you mm-hmm. you look at someone like Bruno Fernandez, who yes, he scored a lot of penalties, but there there are times when the money that they spent on him was worth it because they weren't a good team, but he would do something good, and it would be impossible for his teammates to screw it up. So I, I think we'll see a, a bit more of that when we look at like Lukaku being on the end of chances created by not Pulisic because he will not start ever for a Thomas Tuchel team. No, uh, but, I don't even know if he's still on that team. You could, uh, you could, he's that he's gone and I would just believe it. Yeah. And I think most, it seems like most people that are wanting him gone as well. Uh, but then, I mean, then you'll look at someone like city who signed Grealish and they, all they do is score tap in goals and all he does is create tap in goals. So that, that seems yep. like something that will end up evening out and doing a lot of things. Yep. But I mean, I think we'll be in it with a shout for a while. It just, there will be times, and we've seen it year in, year out, that when we get to like December, things can fall apart. And that, yeah. that will be where we'll have to really weather the storm, especially if we stay where we are now. That's why if I have to predict anything at all, I think the major thing I would predict is I, I think we will be sitting in, in one of the top two spots come uh, the Christmas, like Christmas time. 
we hit about that halfway point, I think we will have um, shocked a few people, um, established that this is what we were, you know, out of ourselves and supposed to do last year. Things got thrown off. This is who we are, who you thought we were, you know, um, phrase that press conference. I think that that's something that we could see. Um, that's if I'm predicting much of anything. How about this Norwich game, though, to start things off? Any predictions you want to make on that one? Uh, Luis Suarez hat trick. <laughs> and he's, he's going to chip the key field as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think this could be kind of a comfortable match. They're still kind of recovering from losing some key people, uh, notably Buendia. That's a huge loss for them. I don't think mm-hmm. Cantwell will play. Cantwell kind of seems like he's on his way out. So that will be a huge loss. I, I, like we mentioned, they've signed some interesting players, uh, notably Josh Sargent. Uh, but I, it might be a little bit oh, too yeah. early for him to make an impact or for any of their other players to really make like a huge impact. And, and some of the players that they've signed are like really solid, good players that do a lot of really good things, but don't necessarily like pick teams apart and destroy them. So I I think this is a very good way for us to start the season. It worked out really well for us. The last time we started the season against Norwich, we ended up winning the league. (laughs) So uh, expecting the exact same results and the exact same historical trajectory. Perfect. Why not? (laughs) I'm with you on it. Yeah. No, there's no reason to expect anything, um, uh, you know, to expect anything like, dramatically bad to happen this has all the makings of a a solid comfortable um you know uh opening victory at the same time though you know there have been some seasons in which we've looked at the lineups and be like oh are the the matchups and gone yeah yeah absolutely comfortable victory and it's you know daniel sturge won you know with a goal that we win one nil you know it's that sort of nonsense so like we'll we'll see but it it seems like and there's no reason to believe that it would not be a pretty solid victory and, and hopefully a good um, uh, confidence builder uh, to start the year off as well. So I'm with, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I'm going to say a, uh, a solid um, uh, 2-1 traditional scoreline. Uh, no, I'm going to say, yeah, well, I, I think we get a couple, get a few goals and, and keep a clean sheet. We'll say like uh Two nil, three nil, something like that. You know, I, I wouldn't expect. Um, all right, I, I feel comfortable saying multiple goals and keep a clean sheet, and 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 send a make a statement. A statement. The rest there of the it league. is. Gold yeah. star. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Make a statement that hey, this is your you know your champs from two seasons ago. Like we're back. We didn't go anywhere. So that that'd be pretty exciting. We ought to do the, something that we do every the beginning of every season, Alex. So we ought to we ought to talk a little bit about who is going to get red. Ooh, <laughs> of course. Um, every season, hey, that's why we just love this league. There's that added drama. It's like okay, a lot of times whoever's winning the league is sealed. You know, f- f- five weeks before <laughs> the season's done. All right, whatever. But then there's there's beautiful that beautiful drama that goes on at the bottom of the table too. Um, any leanings? Uh, and I do want to point out also that we always do this and then never, ever, yeah. ever once follow up to see if our predictions were anywhere close to um, accurate. 
all. It's just so unimportant to ever follow. So this segment means nothing, and yet but every year. Who do you think uh, ends up being a relegated team this year? Yeah, I'm pouring my all into this one. Uh, okay. I'm thinking Norwich will go down just because, again, they didn't really it's invest their in their defense at all. That's what they do. Yeah. They dominate the the championship and just can't cut it in the Premier League. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be Burnley. It's going to be finally their time. They They've kind of had the myth going on that they're like still really good at home, but they suck at home. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think they'll be very good away either. Uh, they suck at then, home because sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it just, just a, not a good place to be. Uh, and then I think Newcastle <laughs> will finally go down. I think they're just Ooh. not a good team. They've got too many problems and it's just, just not going to work out for them. Interesting. Interesting pick there. So you think someone like uh, Brentford hangs around? I, I do. I think they're a really good team, and they're coached really well, uh, and they're, they've got a more solid defense, and they've purchased well. They're just – they've got a lot going for them, and it's been too long. They, they deserve to be in the Premier League a lot sooner before now, and I think they'll, yeah. they'll take their chance. I think Watford will also take their chance. They change their style. They're not boring, terrible anymore. They're yeah. more exciting – got some more exciting players. They just seem to have a better plan around what they're trying to do. So I think they'll also stick around. All right. I respect that. I respect that. Um, respect it for sure. There has been that trend as of late of like a, a team showing up from the championship and then like doing surprisingly well. And I do wonder if like Brentford's going to be that squad this year, you know, to follow in the footsteps of like uh, a a Leeds um, or a Villa of like, hey, guess what? We're back and uh, we're actually going to do well for a little bit and you're going to be kind of uh, surprised by us until about mid-season when you figure out our tactics. But by then, we'll be we'll have done enough to stay up. Yeah, we'll be safe at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, with you on that, I, I would say um, actually do – I don't think the trend continues. I think that, that Brentford will – Go down. I'm with you on on Burnley as well uh, on that one. I don't know why I said as well. I just said I'm with you on Burnley as well as if I needed to repeat that statement. Okay, so I'm with you. <laughs> um, but I do. I, I'm going to say Brentford goes. Um, I think Brentford could could make a push to stick around, but I think ultimately they end up dropping. You know, uh, towards the end, and uh, I, it happens. Every year that I predict this, it doesn't happen. And I don't want it to happen, so I'm going to predict it again. I think Brighton goes down. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my kiddos from Brighton, who I, I love dearly, my secondary team, um, who, of course, Zach and I adopted as our, like, our championship team years ago when we ended up going there for the day. And then, of course, they got to the Premier League, and we're like, oh, that's exciting. And then they kept hanging around, so we're like, Okay, like, are we actually still fans of theirs yeah. if they're not in the championship? Like, it was it was fun to have a championship team to pull for. It's not super fun to try to pull for two Premier League teams. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I have, you know, I have. I've pulled, always, you know, care for their success. I like, I like, you know, the squad. Um, I, I like several of the squads they put. I'm, I'm a little unsure about this squad right now um, that they have. And so I, I think that this is a year in which – 
Um, they just they struggle a bit. Go back, but I also could see him very easily come. But those are my three. I'm going to go Brent, um, Burnley, Brighton, the three of relegation. Yep, of relegation. In the Premier League. In the Premier League. Is that Brexit? Can we say that relegation is like, is the Premier League form of Brexit? Yeah. No, probably not. Okay. <laughs> I, I endorse All right. it. Yep. Yep, you've heard it here first, everyone. That's exactly what we're saying, and we don't feel like idiots for trying to make that joke work at all. <laughs> oh, I love it, uh, man! I tell you, I I was just talking with a with a coworker today who's a big Premier League fan, but sadly enough, he cheers for a soulless and evil team. Um, and I was talking with the day, and I was I made the comment, you know, same as what I was telling you a minute ago too. The offseason felt like it never really happened because there was so much to watch and so much to enjoy and so many more sports than you normally get during a summer where, like, if, if you're not a baseball fan, like, there's nothing to watch, you know? We didn't have that this year. We had, we had Euros. We had the Olympics. We had, you know, Gold Cup stuff to watch. We had, we had a lot going on in the soccer world, in the football community. And so it's crazy how quickly this league or this season has crept back up but it just makes me giddy to really realize, like, I I get to wait Saturday morning, turn on the Premier League in bed again. You know? <laughs> I get to right. I, I get to brew my coffee with like some uh, with the tail end of some terrible uh, six thirty kickoff, you know, match going on. Like I get to I get to have that once again. It's already back. Uh, it just feels right. Just feels right for sure. Any closing thoughts you want to add in here, Alex? Uh, announce new season. That's all I got to say. Oh, it's coming. Just you wait. All right. So, of course, uh, we want to close things out by uh, saying a quick thank you to all of the players that have meant so much um, team. And by that, I mean meant so much, I guess, to our pocket um, in a lot of ways. But, no, the players that have been uh, – Loyal servants who, you know, never got much time in the spotlight or in the case of uh, Taiwo, never actually got a chance to, to play at all. But, I mean, serving the team in their own way, um, you know, being loyal uh, teammates in, in preseason, uh, in training, and when they're, uh, you know, in, in preseason training, all of that. Um, we do, obviously, that there that is a role to play. So thank you to Taiwo. Thank you to, to Marco Grujich. Thank you, if the if the reports are true, to Jared and Shakiri um, for everything he did, especially you know actually on the pitch. Um, did, uh, did I miss anyone? Harold Wilson. Oh, Harry Wilson, of course. Thank you. Um, we we you you know <laughs> eulogized Jeannie Wijnaldum's uh, Liverpool career so much earlier. I didn't feel the need to mention him, but I did forget about Mr. Wilson, of course. Uh, a big thank you to to him as well. Servants of the club. I think they deserved a little bit of recognition, even if they weren't really you know key players or anything, then that's important. So, all right, that's going to wrap things up on this, the first episode of the seventh season of You'll Never Talk Alone. Wow. Hoping to get most of the uh, the, the crew back in uh, soon enough. Uh, Zach una- unable to join tonight um, or out for a little bit um, as uh, he and his wife very excitedly getting ready to uh, hopefully soon welcome their second child, which is... Super exciting. 
Uh, Will Caves unavailable tonight, but we'll be back very soon as well. Um, and we, of course, dedicate this. We dedicate this episode to Andrew Ainsworth, who I, I think still talks to us. I can't tell if he does or not. <laughs> <laughs> so dedicate it to, to him. We won't get him to sign off anymore, but we'll dedicate the episodes to him. How's that for this? Uh, I, I think that's the the next evolution that we've been yeah. talking about. I think you're just. I think you're right. I'm your friend Joseph Craven. That is Alex Level. This has been You'll Never Talk Alone. We can't wait to talk to you again next week and discuss a dominant 13-0 Liverpool <laughs> victory. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>